Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Another big night comes to an end in Basel. Welcome to TC Live, presented by Cabinets to Go. Multiple major champs in action today. Big stories, big names. Here is what is coming up over the next half hour. Big foe has arrived. Francis Tiafo at a career high and climbing. But could he come back against Hubie Hercotch to keep his slim ATP final hopes alive? Plus, make room in Newport for the class of 2023. We ask our experts to pick their top three nominees as fan voting is underway. And we've got the very latest from Novak Djokovic trying to clear up his status down under in time to play the Australian Open. Come on into the studio, Santa Monica, California. Steve Weissman alongside John Wertheim in studio in Good Santa Monica. Great here. to have you, John. Thanks, guys. Good to be here. And, of course, Big Banks, Chris Eubanks, was at practice before 6 a.m. this morning. I did. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do. That was the time slot that worked out for the schedule today. I have to do fitness later in the evening after this. But I'm, after this. I'm all in. Oh, I'm all in. All right. We're going to work you a little right now. All right. Let's go. I'm ready for it. <laughs> Coming off a three-setter call in the match now on TC Live. Let's get straight to it. We got Casper Ruud in action today. And remember, he's a two-time major finalist this year. Became the first Norwegian to make a Grand Slam final at Roland Garros this year. Equally proficient on the hard courts. The runner-up to Carlos Alcaraz at the U.S. Open this year. But since that final in New York, just one and two back-to-back -back losses coming into Basel. Stan Vavrenka looking to give Casper a rude welcome to his home country event. Stan the man, two-time semifinalist here. Chris, how do you do? Stan played extremely well today. It seemed to be a bit of a blast from the past. We saw Ruth start off the match with a nice backhand winner, but we know what Stan can do with his backhand. Backhand up the line winner really can showcase the power that he's able to produce with that beautiful one-handed backhand that has stood the test of time. Stan played extremely well in the first set. He's able to come out on top. Good point construction here, opening up the court, and then you see the show of emotion. You see how much this means to him as a Grand Slam champion, a three-time Grand Slam champion in the first round of an ATP 500. To see how much that first set meant to him shows where he is in his career and where his confidence is growing as this match continues to go. Been playing much better of late, has Stan Wawrinka and. Casper Ruud trying to stay in this thing, Chris, looking to avoid losing his third straight match. Put up a great fight, tried to dictate with the forehand out of the ad side, but it just wasn't enough. Stan was able to close it out on his second match point, uh, but I'm sure he's very, very pleased with the way he was able to play today. Biggest win in three years in front of the home fans. A lot of emotion uh, being uh, back here in Basel with uh, the Swiss fans. Always been uh, uh, amazing to, for me to play here. Always been difficult because I'm always nervous when I enter this court. So I always want to show my best. I need, uh, it took me a little bit of time to, to adapt and to feel uh, better on the court. But uh, the level was great and I'm really happy with, uh, with that. Great news for Stan Wawrinka. 
As we go on to Francis Tiafo and Hubie Hercotch, these two meeting in Vienna for the fifth time. Big vote, a career-high 17 in the world. Hercotch trying to claim a spot in the year-end championships. Talk about an exciting first-rounder, John. Is it Tuesday? Yeah, right? <laughs> these guys be playing each other, and uh, what an enthralling, sort of a strange match. First set, 7-6, went to Hercotch 11-9 in the breaker. Nice fight back from Francis. Francis had a lot of chances to take that first set, didn't convert, but came storming back. You think he's got some wheels? Nice shot. Even Hercotch had to applaud that. Francis, a little bit of uh, self-glorification. Nothing wrong with that. And then we go to the third. A lot of this was just about Hercotch's serve. Get this, guys. 15 service games, 28 aces. Look at that. Nice hands at the net by the big pole. This was the fifth time they had played. They split 2-2. No more. Hercotch, very nice win. 48 winners. It's only 11 unforced errors. Nice win. Hubie Hercotch advancing, of course, keeping those hopes alive to make the year-end championships in Turin. Big-time race to Italy as we take a look at our cabinets-to-go match summary. You mentioned it, John. 28 aces for Hubie Hercotch. Came back from 5-1 down in that first set breaker. And the winners, 48 of them for Hubie Hercotch. A huge performance to get past Francis Tiafo as you took a look at those highlights. Chris, what stood out to you? I think it was the ratio to winners to unforced errors. That's just something you want, you strive for as a player. Obviously, everyone wants to hit more winners than unforced errors. That's what we always say. But to be able to serve as well as he did and then be able to back it up off the ground, only 24 unforced errors, that's a great ratio. That's something that his coach Craig Boyne will be extremely happy with. I'm sure that's something that he will be happy with, something he can hopefully take that momentum on into the next round. Francis Tiafo had a very slim chance to make the ATP Finals, needed to win this match, needed to basically win both tournaments to end the season. But still, what have you made over his run from the U.S. Open until now? Yeah, I mean, that, that's not, we said, what, what happens to Francis after the U.S. Open? It's a little bit of the U.S. Open in miniature, right? He, he beats Nadal, but he keeps rolling, gets to the semis, and same thing here. Very nice result in New York. He's played pretty well since. You talk about that ratio. Francis, 36 winners today, 14 unforced errors, so... Didn't win the match, but that's a pretty clean performance. Nice sign for Francis. Yeah, looking to see him in Paris, Bercy to end the year at the Paris Masters as we continue on in Vienna. Cam Nori also hopes of making the year-end championships. He has 51 wins in his first four years as a pro. Looking for number 100 since the start of last year. Taking on lucky loser Pedro Cachin, Chris. The TCU Horn Frog has always been known to be a tough out. One of the spinniest forehands you're going to find on tour. Pair that with a very clean and flat backhand, as you can see there. Just poses so many problems. Cam does not give you anything for free. Every point that you win against him, you have to work for it. Pedro Cachin was able to come out, play a good first set, and put himself in a good position. I guarantee if you were to tell him before the match, hey, you're going to be sitting at six all in third with Nori. You're going to have chances in this match. Will you take that? He absolutely would have. Cam Nori is Cam Nori for a reason. He plays such a solid brand of tennis, such an ultra-consistent brand of tennis, and there are really no ups and downs in his game. He's able to find a very high level and maintain it throughout the course of the match, no matter the opponent, no matter the surface, and it's really, really impressive to see. Won more than 80% of his first serve points, keeps those hopes alive. The ATP Finals, 12th right now in the race. Meantime, Former champ here, Dominic Team back home, continuing a recent resurgence, coming up back-to-back -back semifinals. But Tommy Paul came out in fuego, John. Yeah, look at the score bug here. Paul won 14 of the first 16 points. But you know what, Dominic Team, you are not the only former major champion with a one-handed backhand, playing in your home country, trying to make a comeback. 
Dominic Team really turns it on. Look at that backhand. Gets a nice break here in the second set. Tie break. And tennis is a better place when Dominic Team is playing this level of tennis. Still outside the top 100. But you know what? He was outside the top 200 at the U.S. Open. And just clawed his way back into his match. Look at this score here. This is Paul serving for the match. 5-3. And Dominic Team did not go away. Again, the backhand. We can watch that all day encouraging the crowd feeding off the energy from the crowd he would hit this forehand cross court to seal the break right back in this match he would then hold serve and this would go to a decisive set tiebreak paul had two match points dominic team though held tough this is match point for tommy paul watch what happens here just sort of a, a loose error that made it six all and dominic team Fed on that and would go on and take the next two plays. Watch his reaction. This guy's outside the top 100. You think this means something to him? It's been a rough 18 months or so for Dominic Team. That is a nice result for him and good to see signs that he is back. Absolutely. Could face Daniil Medvedev next is a huge win for Dominic Team. He is right now at 107 in the live rankings. Had that 10 match losing streak that went until June of this year. Now 7 and 2 this month what's the biggest difference what has elevated him back to the level we're seeing today i think he's just becoming extremely match tough i mean he started off in the challengers having to work his way back and now you're starting to see how important matches are for a player like dominic team i think john highlighted one of the biggest points the reaction this is a man who has won a Grand Slam not that long ago. And now just to win a first round in his home country of an ATP 500, to see so much energy and so much joy with that, it was telling for me as well to see him fall to the ground after a first-round win. You know, he took some losses. He'd go into the press room, including at the French Open, where he'd reach the finals. We'd say, oh, you know, you're waiting to hear about an injury. And he said, no, no, no. I feel fine. I just have no confidence out there. So this is not about the body so much as it's about the mind. And, again, He's going to play himself back into form. He has to be really encouraged with his ball these last six weeks or so. On the other side, Tommy Paul, multiple match points, one on his serve. What does he take out of this? I think it's, it's tough to stay positive, and he's going to want to be as positive as possible. But I think Tommy played an extremely good brand of tennis, especially being aggressive. He came to net a lot. He showcased the fact that he can volley when in, in times – the game that he was broken serving for the match, maybe a little bit of a casual volley at 15-40. But other than that, that was the only time in which I saw him come to net and maybe didn't execute exactly the way he wanted to. So something to kind of build on and take into the last week of the year in Paris-Bercy and say, you know what, if I continue to play aggressive tennis, move my way to the net and just showcase my net skills, I think that could be a good thing to bolster his 2023. Yeah, that's what will sting. I mean, the, the first set was very clean tennis. He had match points and a breaker to not get off the court mm -hmm. the winner. This one will hurt a little. Beauty of tennis, you just wait a few more days and he'll get back out there. As we mentioned, uh, Dominic Team could take on Daniil Medvedev next. Uh, and we've got some very interesting news on former world number one Novak Djokovic. Will he be playing the Australian Open? We will hear from the Serbian. Plus, a couple of Bruins doing study abroad in Basel. Find out if Maxime Cressy and Mackie McDonald would learn some hard lessons or take their opponents to school. TC Live is presented by Cabinets to Go, your wow for less.
Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Cowboy boots ready. We're heading to Fort Worth WTA Finals October 31st, November 7th, right here on Tennis Channel. Back to Basel. Mackie McDonald has won five straight first-round matches since the U.S. Open. Looking for a little revenge against Alex Molchan from Canada, Chris. Oh, I can't wait to take this one. Maggie McDonald is a close friend of mine and my former landlord, so this will be fun. Maggie <laughs> going against Molchan for the second time in his career, first time earlier this summer, and came up short there in three sets, but here... Having a tough go of it against Molchan. Molchan's a very talented, crafty lefty. Can play extremely aggressive at times. Back, he tried to play a little cat and mouse early in the match. He realized he's going to have to try to be more aggressive and hit through Molchan. Molchan was able to come up with some good shots, good passing shots just like this in order to seal the match. So, very good plan from Maggie as well to push the match that close. Molchan coming up with the goods when he needed to. How is he as a landlord? Did he fix oh, all the appliances? He's not nearly as good as you might think. We had a few disagreements, Raise but it was a night. Yeah. Uh, another Bruin, Maxime Cressy, took out Dominic Stricker in Stuttgart this year. Three tie-break sets, another breaker to start today. Yeah, he did not take out Dominic Stricker today, though. Young Swiss player. You know, Swiss suffered a bit of a, a loss with a certain retirement mm -hmm. uh, a few weeks ago, but some challenge coming, and uh, Max Cressy had a hard time today, broken twice. You see him serving in balls like a triceratops, a species that goes to the net after each and every serve, but uh, using the home crowd advantage was Stricker. You see a little blood on the knee, had to go low once, but very solid. 20-year-old kid, more than 100 points lower the rankings, and Cressy, that's a very nice win for Dominic Stricker on to round two. He is a wild card there in Basel, and he picks up the victory. 20-year-old looking to make the next-gen finals in Milan from next-gen to the OGs. Carlos Moya and Juan Carlos Ferrero on the 2023 Hall of Fame ballot. Could their current coaching prowess help push them into Newport? Eubanks, we're Tom Weissman back on TC Live, presented by Cabinets to Go. Fan voting underway for the class of 2023 at the International Tennis Hall of Fame in Newport, Rhode Island. Here are your list of finalists. Daniel Nestor, Kara Black, Anna Ivanovic, Flavia Panetta, Lisa Raymond, Juan Carlos Ferrero, and Carlos Moya. So we've got the experts with us. John, I'm going to start with you. Which three are you logging on to vote.tennisfame.com and picking to make the I'm, class of 2023? I'm, I'm a voter, I'll have you know. Um, but yeah, well, all right, let's start with Dan Nestor. I'm thinking that, tell me if you agree with this, Chris. I'm thinking like four doubles majors equals one singles major. That's a conversion chart. 
He won eight, so that's uh, that's Chris the equivalent of winning two majors. Ninety-one <laughs> titles and doubles. Daniel Nestor, long career, good dude. Ushered in. This is going to be a theme of mine. Ushered in this wave of of Canadian players. I'll vote for Daniel Nestor. Um, who else? How about Carlos Moya? Talk about ushering in. Guy from Mallorca. Well, you know what? There was lineage. There's another guy from Mallorca who was pretty good. Carlos Moya won a major. He's been to the final of another major, semifinal to U.S. Open. Nice, solid career, and I give him some X factor. And then how about Serbian tennis? Anna Ivanovic. Uh, she won the 2008 French Open, got to number one, reached three major finals. Again, part of the Serbian wave, so she probably gets X factor there. She reads books. How about that for an X factor? <laughs> um, you know, I think we need to talk about how much of this is strictly about what's on Wikipedia wins and losses and how much are things like helping establish your country on the tennis map because Nestor, Moya from Mallorca, mm. Ani Ivanovic all max out in that category. I, I think those are all great points. Listen, I give Daniel Nestor some extra bonus points for winning three majors with our own Mark Knowles. Well, so that's huge, right. you know, a little in the Tennis Channel family. I, you were shaking your head. I, I want to get the answer to the hypothetical question what do you, what do you about four doubles majors equaling one singles major. Yeah, I'm not quite sure you can have a conversion <laughs> of uh, a lot of the players who've won multiple doubles grand slams and try to equate that with players who've won singles grand slams. But I see what you're saying. I think you made a lot of good points, especially with the Hall of Fame in tennis. It, it's more than just what they did on court. There's the impact that is it, it's a, there's a variable or a nuance there that can't really be quantified by a certain number by saying, oh, this person inspired this person. So I understand it. I still would put Juan Carlos Ferrero in that third spot. For me, I agree with your other two, with Ivanovic and Carlos Moya, but I would put Juan Carlos Ferrero, similar to, like you said, with Moya, ushered in that next wave. And if we're also going to talk about the lineage, the impact that he's been able to have on Spanish tennis and between, okay, we can associate Rafa Nadal with Carlos Moya, but now we're seeing the future with Carlos Alcaraz, and he is guiding that young man to what looks like to be a long and successful career. So I'm not going to add that into my equation. I think while Carlos Ferrer did enough as a player on his own with Masters went that with the U.S. Open title as a, and former number one in the world, I think number one in the world and Grand Slam title in singles is a pretty strong case as is. But if you want to go ahead and talk about the impact that they had outside of that, go right ahead. I'm not going to argue with you. All right, fair enough. I mean, you know, it's an interesting conversation. I don't know how much you go, Juan Carlos Ferrero's coaching the world's best player now. Develop the world's best player with, now. Uh, yep. Yeah, exactly. Isn't that a contribution to the sport? Isn't that part of his legacy? So uh, I'm with you on that. We can talk about uh, double specialists another time. There is no player in the Hall of Fame who, as Daniel Nestor is, great doubles career, not inside the top 50 ever as a singles mm. player. So if he gets in Daniel Nestor, that would be sort of a new precedent being set. By the way, nobody in the Hall of Fame currently, I don't think, that has a viral video like Kara Black, who had 17,000 oh, right. volleys uh, in a row against the wall. You, you so, seen that one? Uh, did not you got to Google that. It's insane. Kara's in on that. Uh, <laughs> fan voting this month continues until the 30th. You can log on to vote.tennisfame.com. Make your three picks. See if you agree with John, Chris, or none of us here. Meantime, what is trending on social media? A new update on whether Novak Djokovic will get to play the Australian Open, seeking to get that three-year Aussie visa ban lifted. He told a Serbian journalist, quote, there are some positive signs. I hope to have an answer in the next few weeks. His lawyers are communicating with the authorities in charge of his case. John, what do you think happens here? I think anything we can do to avoid a repeat of what happened in January, which benefited no one, is uh, advisable. I, I honestly, I mean, I don't know where he's getting his information, but if, in fact, this is true, that he can get an answer in the next few weeks, one way or the other, that's a positive. My instinct is that 
he's not going to miss this event. And he'll need some sort of special exemption, but Australia's COVID rates are much different than they were in January when this was such an issue. And again, if, if we can get an answer in advance and avoid sort of uh, the circus we had in January, we all, we all win. As a player, what are your feelings on this, Chris? I hope that Novak is able to play this Australian Open. I mean, just the entire situation, obviously, as Sean highlighted, was a bit of a circus at times, but I really don't attribute too much of that to Novak Djokovic. I think there were a lot of there was a lot of blame to go around between Tennis Australia and the Australian government, maybe relaying information or maybe the wrong information. Novak came, he thought he was going to be able to compete, and because he was given wrong information, he was deported. We know the rule that if you're deported, your visa, you cannot get a visa for three years. We understand all that. However, I do believe that Novak will be able to play. I hope that he's able to play. I hope that they're able to come to some type of compromise that will allow him to compete because by his own definition, he tried to follow the rules that were put before him, and it just was a very, very unfortunate incident how it all went down. It would be tough if arguably the best player in the world, I know he's not ranked number one, but arguably the best player in the world misses two straight majors. Uh, take a look at our schedule on Wednesday. More big-time tennis from Basel and Vienna. It all starts at 7 a.m. Eastern. T2 coverage at 9 a.m. And TC Live back with you right here at 5 p.m. Eastern. We look ahead to all of this coming up in a moment. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back on TC Live, hot shot of the day. Big Banks, you think this is a little warm? Uh, you know, I think that they've been better today, but at the end of the day, if Andy Murray's coming up with a shot like this, you have to put it on there. The guy's a legend in the sport, running down the dropper, flicking it cross, kind of making some fuel and have to run back up into the court, and then just putting away a nice, clean, Edberg-like backhand volley. I'm sure uh, my buddy Jason Goodall will appreciate that reference. <laughs> Lukewarm shot of the day. Yeah, all right. Reset win for Andy Murray. Yeah, exactly. We, did, we didn't get to show the full highlights. You got to give Andy Murray a little, little bit of love there. He gives a love. Yeah. Speaking of love, take a look at these featured matches we've got coming up starting Wednesday, 7 a.m. Eastern. Medvedev in action against Vasilashvili. Taylor Fritz and Dennis Shapovalov. Fritzy looking to continue his quest to make the ATP final. Stefano Tsitsipas. Felix Oje Aliasim. He's won back-to-back -back titles. Alex Dimonor. Carlos Alcrez. Is it upset for him against Bojic Vandezanchov? A lot to talk about, but let's talk about that Daniil Medvedev matchup. His first match as a father. Tomorrow, coming up for Daniil Medvedev and taking on Nicholas Basilashvili, a guy who just today was acquitted of domestic violence charges. So for him, you got to have some weight off of his shoulders. What do you expect to see? Expect to see some good tennis. You know, I think all, we all know how Nicholas Basilashvili can strike the ball, but on these courts indoors, maybe a little bit slower than what he would like. Medvedev is going to be back there running balls down time after time after time, and he's going to make him play shot after shot. So it'll be interesting to see what his shot tolerance is like, how well Medvedev serves indoors. It'll be pretty pretty fun match bit of a scare with the injury with Medvedev so nice to see him back fairly quickly they've never played before surprisingly enough uh Basilis really as you say Steve he was acquitted of that domestic violence charge I heard there will 
be an appeal. He's round rank number 94, so his game has really tailed off, whether that is uh, correlation or causation, who knows. But uh, first meeting between the two of them, nice to see Medvedev back on the court so soon. Yeah, looking forward to that. Felix Ojeal-Yassim is the guy who lost his first nine finals on the ATP Tour. He's just won back-to-back -back. Yeah, Florence and Antwerp. He is on fire trying to make Turin. Takes on Marc-Andre Hüsler tomorrow. Does the winning streak continue for Felix? I think it does, but another Swiss prospect. I think that the sons of Roger, I mean, sort of very, <laughs> very quietly, there's a nice little crop of, I don't, we have a 20-time Grand Slam champ in the mix, but nice crop. Um, no, and Felix is, you know, Felix is playing as well as anyone, and he had that streak of losing those finals. Now he's won his last three, so that's a good sign. I'm excited to see Felix playing in Basel. I think a little bit of statistical Evidence that might be in his favor is that out of the last 14 years of that tournament, 10 times the champion had the birthday of August 8th. So if, he, if there's anything ah, there that you he go. can take for him, feeling positive while he's in Basel, he just nice knows that he has stat. the same birthday <laughs> as all of the other 10-time champions <laughs> over the past 14 years. Whoever they may be, August 8th. That's, all of them. Yeah. All of them. All well, spread play. it around a little bit. All the Federers Wait, of the world. <laughs> We're talking about Federer. Just talking about Federer. Federer. Yes, yes. Well played. All right, another good show. John, great to see you in studio. Good to be here. Great. Ch check him out on 60 Minutes. Got some great stuff on uh, Coach Prime. That, that was oh, last okay. week, but it was, it was a good segment. Chris, another long day. Good luck uh, working out. Can't wait. Looking forward to it. Hit right the gym right after TC Live. We'll see you tomorrow.